and then they saw me in a bra, and that was it. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gigatron. <clears throat> yeah, Gigatron. What is up? It's it's here. It has arrived. Yeah. We have all the music. I'm excited. I am excited. I've been listening to it all weekend. We have not been talking to each other. Since no, it came out, we haven't. So this is going to be fresh conversation for both mm-hmm. of us. I got a feeling, though we we both probably are pretty much on the same level. Yeah, I would guess so. It'll be interesting to get through some of these songs. Mm-hmm. I feel like doing the whole record just as it's come out. That just felt like too much to me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just feel like there's no way that could be a really quality episode because we're just now digesting this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna do. Yeah, I was I was kind of going back and forth in my head, like, how should we do this? Should we listen to the whole thing? Should we just do like old school, where we just played a little clip of each song, or you know? Sure. But then when you were like, we should just do half of it and do half next week, I'm like, that's yeah. We can stretch it, stretch each song out a little bit more that way. Well, and you know, the second half are mainly the songs that you're not familiar with because both the singles or all the singles came from the first half, right? Mm-hmm. So right. we've had more time to kind of sit with at least half of the songs on the on the front half. Um, whereas I just need, I wanted more time with the back half before mm-hmm. we really sat down and talked about it. You know, right. And you know what? I think everyone has a lot more time on their hands right now. So I was also like, let's not (laughs) just feel forced to blow it all out right away, you know? So we're going to do Side B next week. Let's just go ahead and, because I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Let's get into emails. Let's just do it. Yeah. But first, before we get into emails, if you are a new listener, if this is your first time, welcome. And we are an all Pearl Jam podcast. 133 episodes in, my friends. And, uh, yeah, it's just the two Brads. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That was the awkwardest explanation of what we are, I think, that we've ever had. I know. And there's been some awkward shit. We're both so giddy about getting to this new album. Yeah, yeah. We're just just like, uh, I just want to talk. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) All right, so... Um, if you'd like to email the show, our email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say on social media. And if you'd like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash singlepodcasttheory for all of that information. Uh, any, any movement on that front this week? Uh, no, not no. this week. Yeah. But kind of expecting that. Just want to make sure. I didn't want to leave anybody out if someone had (laughs) contributed. Uh, Cool. Let's get straight into emails then. All right. Who's up first? Uh, First email is Paul Lankford. 
checking in from Australia, saying he's finally up to date. Good day, mates. It's taken me near on a year, but I am finally up to date with your podcast. It's taken me a while, but I don't like any distractions when I'm listening to you guys or I miss a pearl of wisdom. Pun intended. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Should we bring that back? Can we just... Oh. Just the music. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, yeah. I just want to hear... The, uh, what's his face? What was that dude's name? John? True story. Oh, yeah. On the Pearl um, Jam stories. Uh, yeah. Just the... Yeah. You read my email out about four weeks ago to see if there was a chance in catching up with some single podcast theory listeners in California when I was scheduled to come over to see Pearl Jam and celebrate my 40th birthday. My goodness, how the world has changed in that time. Fingers crossed I can still go and pick up my copy of Gigatron tomorrow from the record store on my birthday or I may go postal. Brad L., I feel your pain working for yourself. I've been doing the same for the past 12 months, and tough just became tougher. We are fortunate in Australia that we have decent welfare, but the worst is probably yet to come. Fingers crossed for both of you and all your listeners. I just want to thank you guys for helping to keep keep me sane over the past few weeks in particular. I know your podcast has brought people together and reignited mine and countless others' love for Pearl Jam and opened our minds to some tracks that we had previously dismissed or glossed over. But most of all, I want to thank you guys for a little bit of knowledge, passion, and humor that appeals to my 12-year-old inner child each week. Even if the first 30 minutes of late has resembled a comedy train wreck. <laughs> What's he uh, saying? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> We're nothing if not professional comedians. <laughs> yes. Um, take care, guys, and hang in there. You do a great service to the Pearl Jam community all over the world. Cheers, Paul. Man, that's nice. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And we should say, like, hopefully everyone is doing good out there Yeah, with, with all this recent insanity. Yeah. Hopefully this record and maybe even this podcast can be a nice little fun distraction from all the... The weirdness hopefully it has been for me just even doing the podcast so mm -hmm. you know i'm yeah. glad we can still do this that we've always it, it's kind of nice <laughs> that we've always done it um remotely i guess however you want to say that right yeah because we don't have to stop yeah because especially because it sounds you know we the because of your knowledge of all this shit it sounds like we're in the same room right um but I've heard a lot of podcasts here lately um, where they're just doing it like over the phone or over Skype. And I hate those interviews. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Even as someone that I really like, it's like it's yeah. just so grating to hear somebody on the phone. And I was listening to one with Bill Pullman and like his his computer keeps dinging like every five minutes. And I think it's like low battery or something. Ugh. So I'm just like listening and then ding. <laughs> no good. So, anyway, it's just kind of cool that we've we've already been doing it like this way for two years. So yeah, I mean, this is uh, provided this and my radio show slash podcast has provided a little bit of uh, I don't know sanity for me. I was telling mm -hmm. Van earlier we were working on an intro for one of the upcoming shows that we do together, and it's um I realized that I've I've had to. Which is my natural. I'm an introvert for sure. Anyway, but right, I 
have been kind of just digging into this kind of staying away from people, social distancing, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, I'm shutting it down almost like to protect myself. And it like took Mm -hmm. a minute, like van came by the studio today and, uh, just being around him. Who's, he's like one of my best friends. I love him. Right. But I had this natural kind of grumpiness and it took us, it took me about 10 minutes of like talking with him to kind (laughs) of, to kind of shake it and be like, Oh, okay. It's cool. Me and my friend are just sitting here and we're talking and it's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's been kind of a psychological trip. Totally. It's like the handshaking thing. You know, we're like men and we shake hands and, you know. Right. And especially like customers. Like I go to these customers' houses and like, you know, hey, I'm Brad from Lowe's and like stick my hand out and they do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like now I feel like the biggest, rudest asshole because I I don't want to shake hands. Yeah. Well, it does also make you think about all the gross shit we normally do during the day that we don't even think about. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm definitely not like a clean freak, but I'm definitely not like a dirt bag either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, I have my standards for cleanliness. I guess everyone has different ones, but this has made me just go, I, I just, I'm sure a lot of it is just, kind of psychological paranoia but you just go like oh i normally like wouldn't have washed my hands just then and i'm not talking about like right after i, I always wash my hands after i go to the bathroom or mm-hmm. you know things like that but you can find a million things during the day that you touch that you don't even think about it's right. like what right. i was watching they're, they're doing like a mythbusters uh, marathon and last night they had one and it was like they were talking about um like spreading the flu, you know, and this was from years ago. But what they did was Jamie had like some kind of like um, invisible ink on his like nose. And then they sat down and had like dinner with like five of, you know, five other people that work on the show. And then after the dinner, they turned the lights out and did like a black light. Oh, no. It was, it was. Dude, it was crazy. I bet, man. It was crazy. Everybody's hands were just like had stuff on them. One of the dudes had stuff like all over his nose. Apparently, he was like touching his face the whole time. And then like the dishes and like the bottles of wine and the wine glasses. It was incredible from just a bunch of people sitting down having dinner showing how shit spreads. Yep. It's real scary. Mm. <laughs> real yeah. scary. Let's not talk about it anymore. But anyway, right. <laughs> Thanks again, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? We got Isabella. She says, hey there, Bradlingtons. How's your quarantine going? I hope you and your families are safe. Well, same to you, Isabella. Uh, she says, so today I came here to say just a few things. First, I can't remember the name of the guy who said that Red Mosquito and Half Full might be sister songs, but wow, I always thought the same thing. To me, they are so intertwined that I often recall one's one's name while listening to the other. Also on Red Mosquito, Eddie is such a great lyricist, right? Yes, I I mean, I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, About a month ago, I had this horrible food poison 
food poisoning and lived the whole scenario he described in the song. The funny thing is, before you mentioned that red mosquito might be uh, what red mosquito might be about, I could imagine it was about someone's evil side. It's inside devil coming out and demanding to be heard. But oh well, food poisoning it is. I'm not a music expert, but I believe Lenny Prado, Black Circle's vocalist, doesn't try too hard to imitate Eddie, but their voices and techniques happen to be incredibly similar. Take care and wash your hands and listen to Gigaton, my friends. Isabella. She also said that, because she's talking about Lenny Prado is a singer from that uh, cover band, right. Black Circle, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're they're from Brazilian, or they're from... <laughs> 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 They're Woo. from Brazil. They're so, from Brazilian. Yeah, shout out to they, Brazilian. They came down from <laughs> Canada. He uh, lives down uh-huh. in Mexican. <laughs> that was amazing. It came out yeah. so confident and normal too, and you just oh, caught yeah, it right no. away. I, that was beautiful. They're from Brazilian, or they're from. <laughs> 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 All right, what do we have next? Oh, thank you, Isabella. Uh, Matt Massey, he wrote in, this was two days before the release. Hey, guys, hope you and your families are making it through this mess okay. That light on the horizon is gigaton, just days away. I'm so ready to stay up tomorrow night until it's released and give it a first listen. They released Quick Escape today. And I gave it one listen and really dug it. Haven't listened to the first two singles in a couple weeks so that the album is fresh as possible. So stoked. Regarding this week's episode on the 10 artwork, this is one of those things I've felt that has always set Pearl Jam apart. Other than the quality of their music, of course, them taking the time and thought to have an artful companion piece to each record. I spent hours and hours back in the day just poring over their liner notes. From 10 and verses having the eddy scrawling of notes to Vitology being a whole nother animal. No cold Polaroids and yield cinematic pictures. Every album is unique with very thoughtful artwork. I love that about the band. Obviously super bummed about the tour, but it was a right call and I'm proud of our band for being the leaders on this. I'm just wondering when the tour will be rescheduled. Seeing as they have mentioned a second leg scheduled, I wouldn't think these spring dates will be a go until 2021. That kind of works for me. If they rescheduled St. Louis and say August, I wouldn't be able to make it. The new album really is great timing to give us something to look forward to and enjoy in lieu of going to shows. And by the way, Brad, uh, Brad L., fantastic Cool Hand Luke drop in this week's episode. I love that movie. Yeah, man. Uh, be, be safe, Matt Massey. Yeah, dude, that was. I was surprised by that too. <laughs> it was a long one too. Was, I, yeah, I had quite I a few of them. And it was just kind of funny. I'm like, who's does anyone? I know. know this I movie? was like, I'm like, I did it, and I was like, no one's gonna get this. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I get it. Well, me and yeah, me and Matt Massey got it. So that's good enough good. for me. Uh, yeah, Cool Hand Luke is what sixties? I think so. Yeah. Uh, what's what's dude's name? What's Is dude's that, name? Um, Newman, Newman, Paul Newman. Yeah, the, the yeah, Badass. great movies. Mm-hmm. No man, take him a shirt off, boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. We got Kevin Hughes next. <laughs> Thanks again, Matt. Kevin says, "What's up, B and B? 
Gigaton is phenomenal. Can't wait to hear what you fellows have to say about it on the podcast. Where do I even begin? First, let's get this out of the way. I've been listening to it on repeat since it leaked last week. Possibly their best. Ooh. A woo-woo. Naughty. No, naughty. Naughty boy. Uh, He's going to get in trouble. So He's going to get in trouble They're going to. He's, the, the feds are on him right busted, now. Busted, yes. Yes. They got nothing to do because everyone's stuck at home. <laughs> Get him. Get Kevin. Get. Uh, let's see. Where is this? Oh, possibly their best album since Yield. And I say that as someone who absolutely loves Binaural and Riot Act. Mm. Pearl Jam hasn't made a bad album, in my opinion. But Gigaton is a marked improvement on their previous two releases, Backspacer and Lightning Bolt. I've been on this wild PJ ride since 91, 92, so I won't say I'm shocked that they released something this strong, but I will say that this band continues to impress me, which is astounding when you consider that they're now entering their fourth decade together. The record sounds awesome, and I think the real MVP of this album is their new producer, Josh Evans. I love longtime collaborator Brendan O'Brien, and I truly appreciate everything he has done with the band, but it was time for a new approach and a fresh set of ears to help craft something truly interesting, in my opinion. Then he has a quote from Josh Evans. It says, the mission statement for the record was, if it sounds good and it feels good, go with it. Nobody was like, how come the first verse doesn't sound like the second verse? It was a real playful experience of going down different roads and seeing what happens. That's a, I love that quote. Mm -hmm. I think it says um, a lot about the vibe of the record. And totally, we'll get into it, but why yeah. I'm enjoying this record a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, thanks again, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, dude. You got one more, right? All right, last one. Our oh, buddy, look, it's Michael McKean, our, our, our local, our local boy. Yeah, man. Uh, hello, hello, Brad, and hello, Brad. Well, here we are. <laughs> hello, Michael. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hey! Michael. There. <laughs> uh, I hope you and your... <laughs> Sorry, dude. Michael. Uh, I hope you and your families are well in these strange times. I'm sitting here thinking of how excited I was to see Pearl Jam in one of my favorite cities today, along with my favorite baseball team, on MLB opening weekend. Instead, I'm at home in self-quarantine during a pandemic. What the hell happened? It feels like a horrible nightmare, and I'm going to wake up at any moment, and things will be back to normal. I won't go on about it since it's, it has been the topic of everyone's conversations lately, but I do sincerely hope you and all of your listeners are healthy and safe. But we do have a new Pearl Jam album, and I am digging it more than any album since Binaural. I loved Riot Act and Avocado, but Backspacer and Lightning Bolt never grabbed me the way this record does. There's more of an attitude with Gigaton. Uh, than I've felt with the previous two records. I think one of you said it, but this album feels really important in the band's timeline and is going to be played in my house a lot in the coming months. What are your thoughts on the band members' roles in the writing of these songs? In the liner notes, it describes Mike on uh, percussion in Dance of the Clairvoyance, Jeff on a drum loop in Quick Escape, Mike and Stone on keys in Retrograde, and other odd combinations. It definitely changed the sound of the band in a great way. It's a turn in the band's sound that I can definitely get behind. Any thoughts on that real quick? Have you even, yeah. you probably didn't even, you, okay, what do you think? I love the treatment of the sense that they use on this record, because I think that just saying, if someone had told me like, man, they went they went synth. I'd be like, oh shit. 
this could be real, real bad, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, the way they do it, even the synth on Dance, which is one of my... I love that song so much. It c- continues. I haven't gotten sick of it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I did just like, oh, God, who said it? Uh, just an email or two ago that they kind of stopped listening to the singles to kind of keep mm-hmm. everything fresh before the record came out. Yeah. I did the same thing, and... I got back, you know, the record came out, started trying to listen to it and did not want to skip it because I had already heard it. You know what I'm saying? It was nice right. to to get back to hearing it again and to hear it in context of the whole record. But the flow of yeah. the record, yeah. But when they do use the synth, it's not some of it you could mistake for guitars, you know? And I think that right. synth on yeah. dance was a tongue in cheek thing too. You know what I mean? That whole song is, it's, you know, as people have said a million times, it's got that quirky um, talking heads, David Byrne, mm-hmm. David Bowie, like kind of mashup thing, but it's with the balls of Pearl Jam. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's not yeah. wimpy. Well, the synth, the synth that's kind of all over the record is also very subtle. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. pronounced on dance, but even on sure. dance, it's not like, it's not like this like crazy hook. It's just deep, beep, 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 beep. So that, that kind of stands out on its own because it's Pearl Jam. But right. even the rest of the songs, it's pretty, pretty subtle, but brings such a fucking cool thing to their sound now. Right. I totally agree. I love it. It's not like they're trying to go all craft work or something, you know? Right, exactly. No, I I don't know. The 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 whole thing about the band members' roles and writing the different songs, I think it's awesome. I I love I I like bands that aren't just, you know, the the singer. You know what I mean? Yeah, for the sure. The singer writes 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 everything. I love when it's it's totally a collaboration between all these guys, right. you know? So yeah. I I think it's really cool. Yeah, I want to talk about more about that idea when we get into mm-hmm. the thing. But okay, he goes on and says, "What songs are you guys most excited to hear live? I'm excited to see how Dance of the Clairvoyance is pulled off live, and especially excited to see whoever said because of its energy." I mean, definitely Quick Escape. I mean, fuck me running. Yeah. <laughs> God <laughs> yes. damn. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get we'll get there, Mike. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing I miss with this record are the handwritten liner notes. It felt more personal with real handwriting and sketches. I hear I hear you on that one. Sure, but and we'll talk about that in a minute too. The whole the all the liner notes and the whole packaging is pretty fucking cool. Anyways, this was a long one. If you read this on the show, I want to say thanks to the healthcare workers for their hard work and bravery throughout all of this, as well as people in grocery stores, restaurants, pharmacies, and other essential positions that are keeping the world running. You all are the real heroes, and we are taking this crisis extremely seriously for you. Hope to see all you Pearl Jam nerds at a show soon. Cheers, Michael Keane. Michael! Yeah, thanks, Michael. Well, I could not agree more. I was going to say, that was well said. Yeah, very well said. Thank you for saying it so I didn't have to think of something. (laughs) So you didn't have to fuck it up, Brad. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't ramble on. Exactly. All right, so that's emails. We did it. We did it. Now, I know we need to get to the album, but there's a couple other things we need to talk to talk about real quick. What you got, man? Well, I, I wanted to talk about the album packaging and the artwork and the liner notes, but I think what we're going to do is like a little bonus episode sometime this week. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Um, because man, there is, there is so much to talk about and I don't want to, we don't want to make this like a three hour episode. Right. So we're kind of going to just like, uh, you know, cut it up into to chunks and sections and we're going to take it real slow. I just want to take it nice and slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I wanted to ask you, I bet you didn't listen, but did you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast? I, I didn't. With I Eddie and Jeff? I haven't, yeah. Oh, dude. It's we we should. I mean, I don't know. You you tell me. I think we should do a whole episode on what they talked about in his episode. Okay. And not just, you know, not just like replaying, but Yeah, yeah, totally. Man, they, I just want to talk about some of the things that he that he asked them about and they talked about because there is a lot of really good information on that podcast. So cool, that's two bonus uh, episodes done. There you go. You go. You need to listen to it though because it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I'm totally and, going man, to for sure. The funny thing is, like Eddie is such a like genius lyricist, and the way he writes, you know, the the lyrics and sings them. It's kind of funny that somebody like that can just ramble on and on and on. Yeah. Like some of the answers that he gives, he, he's it like reminded me of me where he just keeps like rambling on and going like not even answering the question because he's just telling some story about something else. Right. <laughs> for, That's why he's a great writer. Cool, but yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's, uh, <laughs> that's how he figures it out. Right. Like he does yeah, live. That makes he, sense. I feel like th- I mean, I'm not comparing myself to Eddie. I'm saying uh, my relationship mm-hmm. to music and creativity and songwriting feels the same. I think it's probably the same for a lot of us. We have so much right. like shit bouncing off each other up there and like mm-hmm. almost like creating stories. It's like you can't help it. And the way to make right. sense of it is to make the thing that you think. Whittle you it, make. like whittle it down. Yeah. And that's why you um, get lyrics, like we talk about all the time, that are just like that one line that's just like, oh my God. Right. How did you write that? Yeah. It was cool to hear him just speaking normally, though. Because the whole like, um, the rambling thing kind of, makes him seem down like just a regular down to earth guy. You know? Yeah. It was it was really it was cool to hear just to hear him talk. And dude, it's like two and a half hours. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. God, my life has it's, just been fucking nuts the last couple of days. I haven't gotten to do <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's good though. I, I I I hope everyone will listen to it. Bill the guy's name is Bill Simmons. He's a kind of a he's a sports, sports guy, guy. So yeah. they get a they get a little bit uh there's a lot of uh, sports talk mixed in with Pearl Jam talk, but it's all good. It's it's not it's not if you're not into sports, it's not going to be over your head, right? So yeah, Bill Simmons, check that podcast out. 
All right. Um, what else you got? Yes. That's, uh, let's get into this. Oh, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we're good. Let's get into it. Initial oh. thoughts. Friday, you, you put the album on, mm-hmm. you listened to it all the way through. Yep. And what did you, what did you think when you came out the other side? I need to listen to it again. And and uh <laughs> and the, I think I've always been like that with her records. Oh yeah. You know, I don't mean that that I was like, mm, I don't know, need to listen to it again. Right. It's just this is a band that that's the way I've always experienced their records is kind of over time. It's been interesting too because obviously I've never had a uh, Pearl Jam podcast on air while they have a new record out, right? So it's really making me realize <laughs> yeah that I do kind of take time with stuff. I think Clint mentioned the similar kind of thing. The three of us were texting. He was texting us when he was doing his first listen through. And uh, he was like, I think he shut it off after the first half. I was like, I'm going to come back to it kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And um, like that makes total sense to me. I felt like I've had to cram for this or something, you know? Right. Yeah. So I'm glad. Yeah, it's it's like... um, listening to the album with my podcasting hat on for right. the first time was pretty interesting but yeah and i will tell you this too it, it's definitely something that i had to i told i was telling you before we got online together i did one more listen through of side a through the studio speakers like my monitors and everything at the studio and i listened to it fucking loud and mm-hmm. It sounds so good loud. It's like you got to, I think this is a record that you need all that just kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Everything is in your face, the whole record. This Josh Evans motherfucker makes me want to quit. That's (laughs) good. That's that's something I was going to ask you about. So if you could talk about Josh Evans and the production side a little bit. I'm sure we will as we go along, but just overall what he brought to this i think that especially based on that quote that we read earlier Mm -hmm. i think that he must have i I, it'd be interesting to know whether they came in the band came into this process in that kind of playful way or if it was something they got to by the process of working with him because I think there's a misconception sometimes that I think the role of producer is very misunderstood and, and I understand why. And I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but he is obviously a great engineer and was working with other great engineers. There was like a, a recording engineer along with him or whatever that's listed in a lot of the credits that I've seen online, but it's all those textures and things that he kind of helped add where he really was Brendan O'Brien was another member of the band because he played some keys sometimes and the way he kind of ran their sessions he was uh, a band member that was another set of ears and Josh is that too but I almost feel like he must have grabbed these great performances like the nuts and bolts of the songs what you would call kind of classic Pearl Jam and then they just took time with those tracks and like pulled up different sounds and textures and and just different soundscapey type ideas and just kind of folded them into what the band naturally does. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why it feels very different to me. This is a definitely like a a line in the sand here. I f- I feel like now having heard the whole record, um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I could talk about it forever, but no, I agree with you. And like I I'm not a producer, and I've never like thought about that kind of stuff until we started doing this and just hearing you talk about production value and stuff. So I can't really put my finger on how this record sounds different, but it definitely has a different vibe than their other ba- other albums. It it's not, you know, like no code where it's like garage band sounding. Right. Um and it's not like binaural obviously has that whole weird thing going on. It sounds like the only way I can put it is thick. And I don't yeah, mean that dude. like it's mud it's not muddy. It's not muddy. Nope. But man, it's got it's f- like full flavored. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's <laughs> Again, a good I don't ear. Know my the f- words to yeah, I don't know flavor. how to say it, but <laughs> but it does Gigaton. have like a thick a thick. <laughs> it's full flavored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it does. It does have like a thickness. Dude, to it. you're totally <laughs> right. It's got this like high fidelity. It's all there. You can hear everything. Mm-hmm. Somehow everything's in your face, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the way I feel like it's more like no code. It's a hi-fi mm. uh the way he mixed and and the sounds that they got the drum sounds on this fucking record yeah. have wrecked yeah. me. It is now my new, that's what I'm going to do when I'm here at the studio by myself, uh, looking for something to do, keep my mind occupied while the shit's going on is going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to sit and go to the lab and figure out Mm -hmm. how I can get drum sounds (laughs) like that (laughs) without having Matt Cameron and a great engineer and his drums and all that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. really inspiring. Yeah. yeah. It's got the attitude, I feel like, of a no-code uh, vital. Not the attitude. What's the word for it? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's hard to say, but yes, I do. I do know what you're saying. It's just, um, this is the thing. It doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. Like the songs I love don't it. sound like Pearl Jam songs. And I don't mean that in a negative way. No. Nope. It's the thing is, it is Pearl Jam, so it's fucking cool that they're doing something totally different. Um, yeah, I don't want to make because, sure something's really clear real quick too, and I'm so sorry to cut you off. Please don't forget no, what you're good. saying. But this podcast, if you've listened to us for a while, I hope you know this, but we are not kiss asses. So when <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying, like, yes, uh, I, we are telling you exactly how we feel about this record. And if we change our minds down the road, we'll say that too. So mm-hmm. this is not some like, oh, we're a Pearl Jam podcast, so we fucking love everything they do. That no. is not the case. I think we're both no, truly I, excited about this. Hopefully, I mean, people that have been listening since the beginning probably know. But yeah, if you're kind of new, you might not realize. Like we're, I, I mean, I'm pretty open about the the songs I do not like. Sure, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I haven't like watered it down. But 
those are few and far between. Like right. I do, I do actually like pretty much everything by them. But yeah, if there was something I didn't like, I would I would say it. And this album, I think, I think uh, maybe I had lowered expectations until Dance came out. But right. I thought, well, this is just going to be a continuation of Backspacer and Lightning Bolt because those two albums are not my favorites, and right. they do kind of sound samey. You know, and I think they said like half of those lightning bolt songs came from uh Backspacer, like that era, you yeah. know? So yeah. those albums sound kind of similar and they're not I like them. I like s- most of the songs, but I thought okay, this is just going to be the next continuation and now this this album is totally a different evolution of the band. Yep. And that and each song oof. is it, 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 I, I mean I hate to compare it to No Code because it doesn't sound like it No Code. Nothing sound on like No, no code. code. But the, I don't know if it's the aesthetic, if that's the right word. But like when No Code came out, a lot of people hated it. Pearl Jam fans hated it. Right. Uh, some of them. Because it was so different. Mm-hmm. And this, that's what I'm saying when I compare it to No Code. This album is, it's like they they kind of, Maybe they felt like they were getting in a rut, and they totally changed how they were doing things in their songwriting process. I don't know. But this album just sounds so different than what they've been doing the last 10 years. Yep. There's a different energy. It's a record. This is what I love. They know how to... This is why they're fucking geniuses. They somehow, whether it's intentional or not, or conscious or not, they towed this line between being 100% themselves and still loving and respecting and treating their audience well. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's yeah. people that are like, that definitely hate the band's political side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they still listen to the music. It's a weird relationship in a good way that they have with their fans. Because a lot of times, it's a very tribal thing with bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I feel like this album is a good example of of that. They didn't record this record and then go, yeah, I think everyone's going to be real happy with this. <laughs> right. It's just what they did and what they felt really good about. And that takes balls. I think that's another thing that gets kind of understated. A record like this, I think, for them, it's the only thing they could do. But it seems like it takes a lot of balls to kind of change shit up in this way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and like No Code, like every song is kind of different than the last... Well, I guess there's some that kind of... I don't know. It's just... <laughs> it's just fucking start listening. Some of the song, Yeah, some of the songs are very different than the rest of the songs. And No Code has that kind of thing to it. Yep. Yep. So... Uh, so uh, one thing before we start diving in here and talking um, mm-hmm. through these songs. A lot of long songs on this record. A right. lot of five, four and a half, five, six minute songs on this record. Yeah. It's crazy. I did not expect that at all. So, oh man, here we go. We all heard it for the first time on the Instagram story. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, this could be something off of, like, Backspacer, right? Yeah. It's a little Especially closer part to that. right here. Correct. kind of like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Now, now that I said that earlier, I just every time there's a synth, I th- I, I see Mike dressed up as a craftwork guy <laughs> at the front of the stage, just real right. stiff, yeah. with, with one like uh, one octave MIDI keyboard in front of him, right, <laughs> playing those parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I hear these, listen to these songs, and in my mind, I try to put them in a live setting, you know? Yeah, totally. And I could see, I could see them opening with this song. New, you know, new tour, new album, they're going to open with the, the opening track, you know, if they're yeah. not going for like a, a slow burn open. Sure. But just that part, that bridge, the bridge part right here with just that, that bass drum, you know, I could see everyone clapping along with the bass drum you know oh yeah man love it when him and matt do shit like that when matt starts playing off the rhythm of eddie's vocals yeah yeah these this song like uh well all of these seems like all these songs have a lot of lyrics to them yeah i was gonna say that yeah we can talk about i love it (laughs) yeah for sure Good, good, simple chorus. Yeah. Very, very, like, easy to sing along with. It's a nice break from the the wordier verses and bridge sections. Yeah. And then this part, oh, song's over. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Fake ending. (laughs) Yeah, love it. Psych. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like we, you were just talking about a lot of lyrics, and I mm-hmm. feel like part of my early ruminations about this record uh, that links to the length of a lot of these songs, right? So they have this rocker right. opening, and then you look and realize it's over five minutes. It's like five minutes and mm-hmm. ten seconds long, and it seems like 
to me anyway, it may, might be an intentional statement on the side of Eddie and the band for him to really like say everything he wants to say. Yeah. I could be totally wrong, but it seems very intentional to me. It seems like he has a page of these words that he's trying to work with and they, well, we need another section of the song. Okay, cool. Let's break it down right here. It's the verse chords. Eddie will find a new hook on top of that with this other verse and we'll build it back into the thing. Then we'll do the fake ending. You know what I'm saying? It, it, right. goes, it also goes back to that, that Josh Evans quote about it being playful where, yeah, what if we just added a thing yeah, right it's, here? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not classic verse, chorus, verse. No. You know? This song, I mean, this, this is, I think, I want to say this in another song, like in the middle of the song, it turns into a different kind of song. I know it happened to me twice where I was listening and I thought, oh, that song's over. We're on to the next song. Right. Because it changed so much. Mm -hmm. And then they come back in with the chorus and I'm like, oh, it's the same song. Um, And that's, that's cool. Like they're doing something totally different, you know, messing with the, the normal, you know, uh, what's the word? Structure, song structure, structure. arrangement, yeah. Mm -hmm. Arrangement. Yeah, well, and I think th this is one of those things, too, where, it's, what, it's been seven years since a record? Is that correct? Mm, yeah, I think so. And this is the benefit of them taking time, where, you know, a year and a half ago, I was, man, fucking put out a record. Right. And now... Well, shit, I feel like that three years ago too. But you get my point. And now it's like, <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm glad. If the, if that took seven years for them to mm -hmm. go down these different paths and kind of get to that new new spot, it's like it's like in a marriage or something where you you get to a point where you have to decide: Am I going to find a way to re fall in love with this person, or are we done? Right, you know what I mean. A lot of relationships at mm -hmm. that point, and bands are very analogous to marriages in in a lot of ways. And this is them; they've found their way to re fall in love with each other. I feel like, yeah, yeah. And even though that first song, it's not going to be one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. Right, right. Uh, it's a great album opener, and I bet it fucking kills live, or it's going to kill live. Right. Um, but it, I, th I think it was just that here, here's a little bit of your quote unquote classic Pearl Jam to start off the, start off the record. Um, just in the sense that we're opening with, a, a go type rocker or. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of, the rest of the album doesn't exactly sound like this. Maybe the next song is kind of a more a little like closer. A faster yeah pearl jam rock song but after that you, like you said we we go down some strange different paths fuck yeah with the rest of this album Dude. and i love it well <laughs> and i think that as you start um or for me anyway right now having access to more like official lyric sources and stuff like that um I don't know. He's not. This is analogous to me with Riot Act in the sense that it's it's more overtly political. 
Totally. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that too, but what's to me what's different is um he does he does say Trump once or twice on the album. Yeah. But besides those those times um this this is uh these songs are different from Riot Act where it's pretty straightforward that he was talking about Bush. Yeah. But these songs are could be taken different ways. Even though I think we all know he's talking about Trump and the current administration, but the way these lyrics come out it's not so simple. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm rambling now, but no, 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 no. I get what you're trying to say. I think that it's um, it's it's really odd that this record came out when it did during this this pandemic, because I think I think some of these lyrics are, and I'm not saying you disagree, but. I think there's some very overt, even when he doesn't say Trump's name, there's some very overt mm-hmm. political statements uh, in spots on lyrics here. But I feel like the other thing that's tied into this whole record is this kind of meditation on, wh- I don't know how to say it, like, what are we doing? Right. As a whole, right? Which is mm-hmm. how I felt, I don't know if you did too, but I felt that way before this whole pandemic. So for me, this pandemic is, is terrible and awful, but I have to look at it as like, there's nothing I can do about this. I am prone to sit around and overthink and my creative brain gets going. And I think of worst case scenarios and you know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. But with this, it's like, well, I can't do that because this is not just me. The whole world yeah. is experiencing this thing at the same time, right? I have moments where I'm freaking mm-hmm. out about, fuck, how am I going to pay my bills? You know? Like, what kind of work is yeah. going to come in over the next couple months? The fact that I can't have people in here recording music is not 100% of my income, but, man, it's enough for it to be gone, just that part of it gone. That's a big yeah. fucking deal. You know what I mean? But through all that, I've been able to sit down and go, I have to just sit here and be alone with myself and use this as an opportunity to kind of reassess. And I feel like there's a lot of moments lyrically on this record that kind of deal with that bigger picture overarching kind of philosophy. Right. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And maybe I'm just looking at it that way because of the way things are right now. And it's a piece of art and you can look at it however you want to, but feel like there's some pretty blatant statements in in this record so let's let's get to the next one all right let's do some super blood yes i I, you know (laughs) I'll say this. I love this song, but this part right here with him singing the chorus right up front like that, mm-hmm. I wish that was not in there. Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of wish it just started when he starts with the, the verses. Yeah. Interesting. But I, 
this might be my favorite song on the album. What? Really? Yeah. No yeah. shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude. It I I love it so much and it like it just gets me going. The way he's singing these verses. Yeah, I agree, man. It yeah. just gets me like it gets me so like pumped up. And and dude, I love most of these songs. So it's not like, oh, this is the only song I like. I sure. really like the whole album. But man, this song just gets me so like <laughs> That's cool, man. I was not expecting to say that this is one of your favorites, if not the favorite. Yeah. Like that right there, man. Yeah. He's so like like not angry, but like passionate. Yeah. Passionate's a great word for this whole record, I feel like. Yeah. Dude, and that right there, that still gets me every time. This insane solo, and then it just drops off a fucking cliff. Yeah, and man. you just hear that simple guitar line. I that the dynamics of that, I I just like it just I'm telling you, dude. Just gets me, I learned gets me. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> you. I learned everything I know about dynamics, I feel like, from Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. They were so good at just taking something chaotic and bringing it down out of nowhere, yeah. kind of sucking it back in, or yeah. just blasting in from something really quiet, you know? This record, too, this song made me, I realized that the first time a listen for me through a record from a band like Pearl Jam that I love so much, and especially that has a lyricist that I love so much, apart from all the other band members, is part of it for me is that I have to, if I don't know what the lyrics are, it's not enough for me to just be like, oh, that's a cool song. That's a cool sounding song. Those drums sound great. Like, I love all that stuff. But I have to find something to connect to. And that very last section of Super Blood was the one that, that where he says, I don't know anything. I question everything. This life I love is going way too fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, boom, that's all I needed. Now I feel completely different about this song because I felt connected <laughs> to that one line. 
Yeah. And that's the whole yeah. process that I love about Pearl Jam is that it takes time to find out what those lines are. And what's great yeah. about that, too, in the long run, as you know, for being a fan for so long, is that maybe six months from now, that song will come back to you. And this line that you never noticed before becomes the new line that connects you to the song. That happens to me yeah. all the time with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. Like, we had to do this episode this this week. You know what I mean? Because the sure. album just came out. But at the same time, it's almost too soon. Like, we haven't had yeah. enough time to really digest all this stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I love the, the idea of doing an, uh, an initial reaction to the album and then coming back in six months or a year. Totally. I think, you know, we use the weird timing as far as with what's going on and the cancellation of tours, maybe to our advantage. And when that comes back around, we can do a, a kind of a take totally. two before the live shows right. start happening and, and see what we feel about this album. Like you said, six months, a year later. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's go on to dance. You ready for Could, that one? Or you got something? Yeah. Uh, let me just say real quick, just in going back to that, like... About even this song, oh, Super Blood Wolf Moon. Are you there? I am. That bitch dropped. Yeah, it did. I heard Hang On, and then it, like, yeah, it, <laughs> it went. Gone. It went bye bye. Uh, do you know where to pick up? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Whenever you're ready, I'll just okay. Uh, just real quick though, like going back to what we were saying about like needing time to digest this. Like I'm even like learning new stuff uh, or realizing like like Super Blood Wolf Moon. I've heard it for the last few weeks, um, and I'm just now like noticing that it's pretty like upbeat song like eddie's not angry right you know he's talking about your uh, father's not angry he's just disappointed <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is that from just life just life <laughs> life i heard it uh, so many times yeah right Dad! um oh that is the worst you know, we just want to talk to you, and you snuck out and went to that Skid Row concert when we told you not to. <sighs> We're not angry anymore. We're just disappointed. Yeah. I mean, every, this has been talked about a million <laughs> times by a million different people, but that was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You disappointed somebody. <laughs> uh, no. All right. Anyway. No, I just, I, dude, this song, I love it. Dance in a, in an album, yeah. yeah. It, it, no, Super Blood, Super Blood. Okay. Um, in an album full of songs that I really like, this is this is up there. But That's so again, cool. We're gonna we need to we need to take a few weeks of listening to really break it down. I thought that it wouldn't like this. The Super Blood wouldn't be as fresh for me anymore. But I I still love it. But mm -hmm. let's move on. 
All right, cool. <laughs> I'll stop gushing about Super Blood Wolf Moon. I just love Dude. it so much. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. But fucking Dance of the Clairvoyance. Holy shit. Still love it. Still, totally. Still love it. It's so, much. so, so different and so weird and so fucking cool. Yeah, it's really, it's, I know, it's all those things, but it's really easy to listen to <laughs> at the same time. It's one of those things where, yeah. I said this before, there's certain things that on paper shouldn't make sense, but they're just so great. This is, yeah, this is a perfect example of that. Yeah. All right, let's, let's see here. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I, w man, you know what I want? I want a um, instrumental version of this. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, 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 and that's obviously nothing against Eddie's vocals, but this, sure. the music is so spacey and cool. Like it grooves. I could, yeah. I just, you know, I just want to be like driving at night. With the full moon and just hearing that intro part with no singing over it. Right. Yeah, the intro is a really good example, too, for for other music nerds or engineers or songwriters or whatever. Um, this is a great example of something that kind of changed my recording world once I figured it out. And it sounds so stupid to say it this way, like it was some big epiphany. But when, you, when the song first came on... The first time I heard it, that that sample, that uh, that loop, is mm -hmm. so fucking quantized and straight that it makes it feel real, not groovy. But then all it takes is for the bass to start coming in, right? And then, and this is before Matt's kit comes in somewhere around the first chorus or whatever. Um, that that human element is what makes things feel mm -hmm. that groove. Because when you listen to mm -hmm. it at the top, it's it doesn't feel the way it does at this point in the song. Right. You've got humans playing on top of it. So like when I do pop stuff, mm -hmm. that's one of the things I do. I'll build the drum loop and the samples and put them all together, and then and then go back and all I do is like add a shaker, uh, me playing a shaker, and then all right. of a sudden this really white loopy sounding thing makes you want to shake your ass you know right yeah and that's a, this this song is a great example of that kind of process when you're recording and being aware of those kind of things and then there's this outro holy shit
when I first, I think the second time I listened to the record, because after the first time I was like, wow, this is so weird and different. And when I got to this song and I'm reading the lyrics and it says, so save your predictions and burn your assumptions. I was like, that, that's such a great way to describe the whole album yeah. like a week ago. Because sure. you can't you can't predict <laughs> that this is the album that we were gonna get. And you can't and hearing this song, a lot of people assumed like, oh God, that's what they're going for. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that. I figured this was gonna be the weird song. But there's <laughs> there's a couple of weird songs on here, you know? Yeah, for sure. And uh I love the lyrics on the song still. And now mm -hmm. it's so funny. It's like when you're a kid and you thought a lyric for a song was this thing and you just always sang it that way you know what i mean and then you yeah. find out later that it was the wrong yeah. word or whatever um yeah like for me i i thought for sure he was saying ex expecting perfection leaves a lot to ignore but he says endure it doesn't mm -hmm. he well i'm gonna look in my official lyric book i like it Because the internet is wrong sometimes. Yeah, it is. Uh, no, it's ignore. It is ignore. Okay, cool. Expecting perfection leaves a lot to ignore. So the internet is wrong. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy then. I did have the lyric no, right. No, you're not. Awesome. Um, I'm going to write. I'm going to write a strongly worded email. Yeah, you are. You let them know. Uh, let's see here. Okay. I mean, I don't even know if I should say anything about this song, this next song, mm. or just wait mm -hmm. till we listen to it, but <laughs> this is my favorite song on the record so yeah. far. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right. You want to just get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I, God. It's cool. Come on, Mike. Dude, LedZeppelin.com. I mean, yeah, yes. Matt on that, on the hi-hats? Matt on this whole fucking record. Yeah, well, yeah. Dude, those lyrics, Queen cranking on the blaster and yes. Mercury did rise. Yeah. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Yeah, 
Do you hear that? Like, I guess it's. I'm thinking it's like NASA. It sounds like it. Uh, broadcast, right? Because I, I mean, for me, reading these lyrics, um, I, I, this might sound crazy, but this is like to me Eddie attempting to write Rush lyrics. <laughs> because I get ta- it. You know, he's like, he's talking about like in the present day, or no, in the past. Like we were on Earth and it was getting fucked up, and we had to get out of here. We had to make a quick escape. And now, in the present day, they're on Mars, and he's talking about craters and the skyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we think of the old days with green grass and red wine. Like that's some like Rush style shit. Yeah. Talking about like sci-fi stuff. You know? Sure. And I. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that, but I, I'm pretty sure Eddie's a, a Rush fan. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that that verse was, <laughs> and here we are, the red planet, craters across the skyline, a sleep sack and a bivouac and a Kerouac sense of time. That is so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so is this fucking Mike. Yes, dude, Mike. Come on. <laughs> right? And that right there, that bass? Fuck yeah. It's incredible. This reminds me of uh, not how it sounds, but the structure of Alive, where it's yeah. Mike is soloing. And then they kind of jam out, and then he kind of comes back with a little more mm-hmm. of a solo as they're just jamming away at the ending. Yeah. They're all just ripping on that song. Yes. Especially yeah. Mike. Now, I got to ask you, in the liner notes, it says... Uh, hold on. My old age, I can't read this tiny print. Uh, it says Jeff guitar keys and drum loop. Hmm. Now, what kind of drum loop is that? I mean, I, that's obviously Matt playing the drums, but maybe something at the beginning. Is there There's something some loopy the, yeah. shit at the beginning? Okay, yeah. It also says Brendan is playing the keys on that. Hell yeah! Which I think there's a, there's a, you know we'll get to it in the bonus episode, but Brendan is on a couple of different songs. I think. Yeah. Keeping the team together. Mm-hmm. God, I love that song I, so Dude, much. I love that fucking song. Yeah, I, I do. I love that. It's funny. <clears throat> I've had a little bit, of, you know, like we all have had some extra time, and I, um, <laughs> I think it was on my, I was on Instagram, and I saw a Pearl Jam post, and decided to take a take a gander at the po- at the at the comments, and uh, one of the first thing ones I read was like, <laughs> oh, I think it was because you commented. Some dude talking about Matt Cameron. <laughs> oh, talking about Matt being and I was, not good for Pearl Jam? Jesus yeah. Christ. Fuck that guy. Here's the deal. <laughs> I think my record is pretty clear, you know, in the history of this um, podcast. <laughs> I am not one to take digs at people, uh, you know, to call someone a fucking idiot for their opinion on something. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a very uh-huh. chill, you know, 
everyone's got their opinion, but this dude's I feel a, a fucking a idiot. Big, <laughs> I was gonna say, fuck I that feel dude. a big butt coming. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I don't fuck with social media, really. And I turned that bitch off. Yeah. I wish I could do it. I mean, I need, I need to, like, a, just rip it off like a band aid. Stop going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, come Matt on, man. Crushes this record. This, this he's been in the band for twenty three fucking years. Like what? Oh what yeah, you're still talking you about that guy. Fuck that guy. I, we don't have to talk about yeah. that guy. I'm just saying that <laughs> this might be my favorite Matt record. I yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, man. Yeah, because he finally kind of opens up on this record. Um, you know, uh, when he's in Soundgarden, he's all over his drums. Uh. And Binaural, Binaural was his first album, right? Yeah. I think until he's, this record, that was probably my favorite Matt record. Yeah, yeah, because he's kind of, um, he's not as laid back as he is on the the previous, what, four albums before Gigaton? Like, he's kind of, the one thing is, I wish he would go off more. I wish there was more drum fills on these last few records. Right, because we know he can do it because he the Soundgarden albums right. and live he he does kind of open it up. This album finally he's all over his drums. Yeah, because I think the music on this record you're totally right. Like I think the music on this record lends itself towards that. Whereas I don't think mm -hmm. that you know you could say the same thing about Backspacer or even Lightning Bolt. Those were very yeah. Those records yeah, were very kind of like tight. Uh, right. Those songs didn't lend themselves to a Neil Peart type <laughs> drum composition. No. But these these do. These songs do. I don't know. I just I love it. Well, I it's, love, to me it's I like <laughs> he's attacking it the way Mike attacked that last solo. But for the mm -hmm. whole record. He's like there's some Yeah, again, use that word there's a passion there but on this record with each of the band members. Each each of the band members, even so far in listening to this record, have had more than one moment where you're like, "Oh shit!" You go from going, "Oh, this is this is a Matt record," to, "Oh my god, this is a right. lyrics record," and you're like, "Oh no, shit, this is a bass <laughs> record," and then it's like, yeah. "Oh my god, did you hear that solo Mike just did?" And then Stone, what is that Stone? What is Stone doing over there? You know? Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Uh, let's go to, let's go to track, the next track. All right. Now, the second I heard that, I was like, fuck yes. What the fuck? Love it. Yeah. This song. This shit is just weird. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's cool and laid back, but like. It's just, it's just so odd. Lyrics are super trippy and whimsical, and yeah, well, this is Jeff. This is all Jeff. This is music, you music and words. Is Jeff. When you want to grow 
funny that lyric reminds me of a conversation Aiden and I just had over this quarantine where he's on a fucking device all the time because he thinks it's a free-for-all because there's no school right now mm-hmm. and uh and we got this conversation I was like dude I know that I sound like a crazy old man but you don't know how to just sit and be alone and quiet <laughs> yeah. you don't know how to do yeah. it because if you leave one thing you're just jumping to another one and that's I mean kids have a lot of energy that's not what i'm talking about i just mean uh you gotta fucking learn how to unplug because the technology is not going away you know what i mean right you gotta learn so, how yeah, to deal it's with it's gonna it. be there that's, yeah i love the lyrics of the song from that is he still playing work. piano yeah and saxophone oh wow so does he good. like it yeah he's doing well they asked him to be in this like jazz band for the for the kids that oh, seem cool. to be doing better and want more of a challenge so that's cool yeah man another example of really cool drum arrangement on this song You know, just thinking about it, this could be a cool opener. Hell yeah. This could be the pendulum. This could be pendulum of the Gigaton era of live shows. I I thought the same thing. Totally. Man, that's a good song, man. Yeah. It would be a great opener. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) We were talking earlier, uh, you know, 7 o'clock being the last song on side a I actually wrote my notes mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier but this is one of the songs that made me go this is not a band that thinks yeah this is gonna make everyone happy it's a six and a half minute long song i think <laughs> with just <laughs> fuck tons of lyrics and yeah um very this is opinionated. the one this is the one song out of a lot of songs that don't sound like pearl jam this I don't know who this sounds like. This does. This sounds like, like some a, other band we've never heard. It's of. like a mashup of a bunch of their covers. I feel like. Yeah, it's so, but it's cool, and it's yeah, like, totally. The way he sings it, the melody. It reminds me of I something. I can't place it. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's also got a this weird hybrid vibe. I think of there's moments. Where I think of. Springsteen crossed with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers mixed with something else that I can't put my finger on. But it's this six and a half minute long. I don't know. This is one of the songs that I totally like. Um, 
and I like even more now that I've been able to sit down with lyrics too. Right. But it's long. Like mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta want it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Let's give it a listen. I want it. I want it. I want it. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> See, what I like, too, is this, what you're hearing right now, when Eddie starts singing, it kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, it changes. Yeah. it's That intro sounds like it's going to be a different kind of song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got this like protest song vibe to it. Yeah. Especially this part, it's so like spacey and dreamy. Yeah. It's like that big, uh, you know, Bon Jovi music video moment on the plateau. (laughs) Yes. You know, shot by the helicopter. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. It's kind of revisiting <laughs> that intro it's, thing. Yeah. But it's cool. It just sounds so cool. Mike getting all it's, weird. Yeah, it's so different. And then boom. Yeah. Back into this. It's it, it's an incredible song. Yeah. That wasn't very subtle. No.
Another new section, right? Yeah. that example of Eddie becoming an instrument in the band. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was kind of getting at that, like, he's always seemed to be the fifth instrument, his voice and the way he sings. And like most of these songs, especially this one, the, the way he's singing these melodies just jumps out at me as sounding so different than most, you know, general rock bands, you know? Well, and I think even for him, I think uh, he's, you can understand every word and it's very intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of Pearl Jam songs where if you didn't have those liner notes, like, what the fuck did he just say? (laughs) Right. But this is, again, yeah, it's very intentional in that kind of listen up, I got something to say, Woody Guthrie kind of, I don't know, kind of vibe to it or whatever. It's cool. Yeah, I, I, man, this song. It, yeah, Woody Guthrie is a good example because it is kind of like a story song. Kind of, yeah. Because there is there is so many lyrics going on, and there is um, uh, what's it called? Protest feeling to it. Um, and his the the way he calls out the president, I like the way he does it on this one. It seems more thoughtful. Than just saying like, well, Trump fucked up. We try to find a place that Trump hasn't fucked up. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. He's, this this one, this line is a little more, I guess, thoughtful than that. But uh, no, I, I I like this song a lot. This is the one that like, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, eh, it's all right. Um, but I kept coming back to. The melody, like what was that? What's the one song where he sings kind of in an odd way? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the more I listen to this song, the more I like really, really like it. This to me is kind of like the centerpiece of the album. This could have been like the uh, title track if they wanted to title it something. Sure. If they wanted a title, if they wanted an a song to kind of represent the title of the album. I think it would be this one because it 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 is kind of like a protest song. It is um, talking about the environment in a way mm-hmm. without being like super obvious about it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so it, this song and and it's over six minutes long. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I like it a lot. I do too, man. This is a cool way to end. And it's side weird. Eight. 
it's weird. It's got like yeah, it's got some like Pink Floyd moments in it. And... Yeah, some weird spacey shit underneath it. Well, it's smart, man, because they took this. If if the whole song had just been like the verses, right? If there hadn't been yeah. that that intro that's uh, that's kind of a head fake to what the meat of the song is going to mm-hmm. be, and all these kind of interludes in between different verse sections or lyrical sections that kind of take you out somewhere else a little bit and then bring you back in. I don't know. It seemed that seems very intentional too. Like, right? Um, if it's going to be a long song, let's make it a long song and let's find a way right. to whether it was intentional or not or conscious or not. They found a way to keep it interesting. Because if you, I mean, I'm not nogging it, but that's part of the beauty of the song is if it was just verse after verse after verse. I'd right. Be like, okay. I get well, it. Well, again, it goes back. It goes back to that Josh Evans quote that they just kind of were like, "Just do it. It doesn't have to be a certain way." Right. Yeah, they they towed that line really well between um, mm-hmm. being weird for the sake of being weird, right, or just coming up with something that's. That's new, because they're different people mm-hmm. now. You know, it's uh, you always get those comments too about, well, I only like the first four records or da 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 that right. kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. well, okay, that's and that's totally cool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's a different thing. I want to know what they're going to do next because, to me, these are people that you you want to know. I do want to know. I mean, I love the music, all those things, but I want to know what they think and how they've changed. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad that Eddie's not trying to be Phytology Eddie or Versus Eddie <laughs> or Ten Eddie yeah. or Backspacer yeah. Eddie. He's being the Eddie that he was over the last seven years, just like all the rest of the guys. And this is what happens when you put all that together. Mm. Like that's the true sense of being an artist, I feel like. That pretentious word. That's what that means, I think. Because they're not, they're just doing what they, what they, what sounds good to them and hoping everyone else comes along for the ride. That's why I love them. They don't give a fuck. (laughs) But I mean, oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to have another week to dig in a little bit more. I know we're gonna we're not gonna talk about the rest of the album, but I have to ask you about a song that okay. we'll get into next week. But I have to know your thoughts on Buckle Up. Uh I'm so bad with soul names. Hold on a second. That's the one that Buckle Up Hold on. That's the one that Stone wrote. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> I get back to you on that one. All right, I th- you know what I think it is. Oh. I, I because my answer is I don't know how to answer that question. It <laughs> right. probably means that about six weeks from now, it's going to be one of my favorite songs on the record. <laughs> That's usually the way. That what works do you for think? Me. What do you think? Or do you already know what I think about it? I think I can't you probably you don't like it. it. Okay, well. Coming next week, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about. I'll think about buckle it some up. more. Yeah, yeah. All right, and you'll get my thoughts and Brad Lyons' thoughts on "Buckle Up" and the rest of the album, Absolutely. the second half of the album. 
No, this was fun, dude. And I don't think we could do another two hours on the rest of the album. No. It's time to stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, cool. Can I, uh, real quick, have, have you heard the conspiracy that <gasps> there is a Gigaton Part 2 or Side B, as people are calling it, is coming soon? What does that mean? Like a like an outtakes it's a, from that it, this is no no that this is a double album and we just <sighs> haven't seen the second part that yet. that would be awesome uh there's two things that i've or three things the first thing is the cd says side a on the disc which means if there's a side a there's got to be a side b on the spine of the vinyl you know the flame logo mm-hmm it kind of looks like a deer hoof or a flame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. On the sp- <laughs> on the spine of the vinyl, there's only one half of that flame, which people are saying the 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 second album will have the other half, so they'll line up to make the one flame. That would be dope. And there was a quote, I don't know which band member, but they said something about, like, we recorded 30 songs and mixed them all and then decided which songs to put on here. So there's people are saying there's a whole other album's worth of material out there. Dude, I mean, I'm not going to get that my would hopes be, up, but that know, would be amazing. Either. I don't buy into it, but it would be fucking amazing if they dropped a surprise double album on us. Yeah, or if that next tour cycle, that was kind of the reason for it, is they were going to drop yeah. the, the other half or whatever. Oh, I can't, right. I can't think about stuff like that, Brad. <laughs> That's where that I, I so get like cool. conspiracy theory prone. <laughs> Just because I want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. That was fun. I can't wait to get the rest of it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you guys, well, you guys are going to email. I know you're going to email. Uh, but the email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media. And if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com slash singlepodcasttheory. Until next week, I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek saying this fucked up situation calls for all hands on deck. Just make sure you wash the hands before you put them on yeah. the deck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Wash your hands and then. Uh, disinfect the deck and then wash your hands again then put them on yeah then cover your body in a flammable liquid and <laughs> set it on fire Is right it, those are the those are the official CDC guidelines that's what they want yeah bye bye, bye. <laughs>